PlayStation. I'm chained. Hello, everyone, and welcome to PlayStation Unchained. I'm your host, Chili, as we talk about news, reviews, and all that good stuff. Over on PSU.com, go check out PlaysUniverse.com right now. Go on, check it out. We can wait a second. Do, do, do. Okay, we, we actually don't have that long to wait this time. Um, but joining us is Gary. Hey, Gary. Hello, Ben. How's it going? Not bad, thank you. I'd be better if Helldivers 2 was working properly, but apart from that, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> same, same. I also wish I'd get my experience points that I so duly deserve for completing shit. <laughs> yeah. I was getting some... It was working last night, but I was getting some weird graphical glitches during one match. Like, me and my mate were like, oh, my, can you see that weird flesh triangle? And th- th- he was like, yeah. And the mm-hmm. other guy was like, no. And there was this like weird flesh triangle pyramid in, in, t- in the middle of the room. <laughs> that, as you go, got close to it, it like stretched out. At, at, but as you got further away, it just got massive. Like there was like some weird flesh. I don't know what it was. Yeah. It looked weird. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. No, no. My uh, issue was I wasn't getting any rewards. So I, I, we completed like four missions. So I just stopped playing. I was like, I don't want to do this if I'm not getting what i need right and then oh, yesterday i tried yeah. to sign in for probably like 45 minutes it just kept servers are full so and then finally i got in and all of a sudden i have all the shit that i actually yeah. earned from the four matches um yeah, but they, it didn't give me my the... exp like it gave uh, me my credits it gave me my medals but not my exp um <laughs> so now well, i have all reason. this money that i can't spend it on because i already bought everything that i can until i level up <laughs> Oh, I'm jealous. I, I need all the money still. I need loads of yeah. money. Um, so I finally reached level five yesterday. And congrats. Yeah. Yeah. So I should have been like level seven by now, but. Yeah. I reached the, the level 11, I think, last night. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm, and... I'm trying to get the, the flaming shotgun right now. Nice. The incinerary rounds. <laughs> and joining us again is Alfonso. Hope you're doing well. We missed you last hello, week. Hello, hello. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, went to Georgia to visit the in-laws and Shannon since so she went down with them. Uh, my mother-in-law is actually healed. She went through therapy, physical therapy, or her knee. Six weeks it took her, but she's fine. They actually came back down with us because um, they have a new grandchild coming soon on one of shannon's brothers so that's there down here we actually came back this morning uh shout out to gary for his opinions his in-depth opinion on rebirth i did listen to the podcast did not have a chance to play the demo because i just came in today but later on i will try it hello Uh, yes i I, um had some issues with me but how was the audio because it spotify sounded okay but podbean was a bit of an issue i just want to make sure the audio was okay no, it was fine. Like all the okay, time. Good. Yeah, it's fine. Okay, good. Like yeah. it was weird. I was getting like a bit of a cracking effect when I was listening to it later. Like later on, I'm like, oh god. Hopefully that wasn't the same for everyone else. But okay. Thank you for confirming no, the audio was okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, again, thank you, Gary, for that. And yeah, I will be trying out the demo later. So all of that, I'm good. By the way, I found out there's actually rewards for doing the demo, if you don't know. Uh, you'll get two rewards for transferring the save over from the full game to from the demo to the full game. So mm, okay. Uh, That's good to know. So, 
so yeah and um, i don't think any i don't think anyone has really covered that i know that there was um save file information from the full game to the yeah from remake to rebirth but i don't think people covered the fact that the demo will also unlock stuff right gary uh yeah no uh i don't think i think we did cover that the demo gives you rewards but we didn't specify what the rewards were okay or at least they didn't reveal what the rewards were the coupe coupe like necklace and the survival gear Uh, so it's nothing major um yeah yeah it's nothing too big stuff you can easily get in the game uh pretty early on and yeah it's been too long but joining us is for a short time at least is Mike. Hello. How are you doing, mate? Apart from traveling doing... situations aside. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good, thank you. It's um, yeah, it's been a while. Again, I always say that when I come on because it always is. <laughs> it's um, I'm so so uh, sloppy at sorting out the podcast with you guys and everything. But I will. I I'm going to try and come on more. Um. I'm actually, as I said to you guys before we started recording, I'm on my phone because for some reason Discord doesn't like my microphone on my laptop, so I'm having to slum it today, but hopefully you guys can put up with that. <laughs> That's fine. Well, so You sound glorious to me, man. <laughs> you've been playing a little bit of uh, a few video games recently, I've heard. Yeah, a few video games. Yeah, those um, those those strange relics called video games. Yeah, um, yeah, I've been playing. Uh, I re- well, I played and I reviewed Tekken Eight and Tomb Raider One to Three Remastered, starring Lara Croft. And um, yeah, so I'm here to talk a bit about those. Uh, when you uh, you know, when you want me to start yapping, I will. Um, do you want me to kind of start now, or you can start now if you want. Yeah, okay. Well, Tekken 8, uh, because that was obviously the furthest back. Um, I'm a massive Tekken nerd, as you guys probably remember, so um, I was looking forward to getting this game. I played the CNT, uh, the beta and everything. Um, Tekken 8 is a very, very good game. Let me just say that. They've done a really good job with the story, uh, because I don't know if you guys know, with with Tekken 7... Uh, that kind of saved the series because Tekken Tag 2 didn't sell very well. So what they've done, uh, because they got so much money from Tekken 7, they've now given Tekken 8 a huge budget, and it really shows. Like, the visuals are fantastic. They put a lot more effort into the story mode, but obviously um, the main thing is the the gameplay, the fighting mechanics, and it's still uh, very much Tekken, as you remember. You know, you each have... uh, you have your um your right punch, your left punch, right kick, left kick, all that kind of stuff. The uh, the juggles and the combos and everything, but the uh the main new draw with Tekken Eight is the heat system, and this basically gives your uh gives you access to a super powered up version of your character for roughly fifteen seconds. Um, at which point you inflict chip damage with every attack, which is quite a big thing for Tekken actually. So obviously, even if you're blocking, you will take a small amount of damage. Um, but you also can execute things called heat smashes and heat dashes, which really help. Uh, they kind of feed into the whole aggressive theme of Tekken 8. It's all about aggression. And a heat smash is basically uh, a superpower attack like the Rage Drive in Tekken 7 um, in all but name and does a, ton- does a load of damage and stuff. Uh, it depends on the character. If they're blocked, some of them are more 
some of them leaving you open to attack more than others for example kazoo uses a bit more um it leaves him open a bit more than pulls for example so it's it's, it's a bit different for each character uh, a dash is what you can do is you can do an attack and you hold forward and your attack will launch them and you dash forward and you can juggle them and it to use heat effectively it's actually it sounds simple on paper but there's a lot of strategy involved in it because you want to think about what you're doing you want to think well do i do i activate heat straight away uh, uh, just a no you have you can activate it any time by doing a, a heat burst which gives you slightly less than the full amount of heat with triangle and x um or you uh, each character has roughly four five six moves which when if they hit as in not blocked if they connect you will automatically go in heat charged forward for massive frame advantage i think you're plus 17 which in for people who don't know about tekken that's basically means that they have to take your mix up so either um you have to either guess am i go- are they going to go low or are they going to go mid and so that gives you a massive advantage but when it comes to juggles and things like that you can extend your juggles crazily using heat but you need to think more about well am i going to Am I going to use my heat burst? In which case, heat is all gone. If they block that, well, I just wasted it. Am I going to? Am I going to go into heat and use chip damage and slowly wear them down and save my big attack? Am I going to use an attack that uses only a bit of heat? Maybe there's so many. There's so much more strategy uh, built into the system because of that, and that's on top of what's already in Tekken. Because Tekken is a very intricate fighting game. You have when you, when you put in frame, it, you know when you get past the beginner stages of button mashing and stuff. There's the frames, there's throws, there's throw escapes, there's juggles, there's counter hits. When you put all that in and add heat, it's absolutely insane what you can do. I am literally, I've put in about 50 hours in the game already, and I've done a lot of online because I for the, I actually do play, I play tech on online quite a lot. I'm very competitive. I go into ranked. I've got my, one of my best mates. Um, we play, uh, play against each other. We kind of like have a competitive thing going on who can get the highest rank. And even now, I'm still learning stuff to do with heat and everything. My brain is still kind of in Tekken 7 mode. Even though I'm doing quite well, it's like I still I still haven't got that muscle memory for Tekken 8, if that makes sense. But it's so much fun. The game looks so good. The stages are great. There's actually no infinite stage in Tekken 8. All of them, even though some of them might be larger than others, all of them have walls. Some of them have exploding walls, which sends your opponent into the air, and you can uh, juggle them afterwards. You have breakable walls, like there's this one where you're setting a in this like uh, a, this palace. You can knock them down the level through the glass into this lower level, and you can knock them down again off the balcony. It's crazy how they've like they've they just made the stages so much more interactive, interactive and fun to look at. Uh, the, the roster is great. Uh, the three new characters, that's uh, Victor, uh, Reina, and Azusena, they're really, really good. They're a lot better than Tekken 7's newcomers. Um, Reina's probably my favourite because she's Heihachi's replacement. Uh, Gary will probably know what I'm on about there, because uh, Heihachi obviously isn't in the game anymore, sadly. But Reina is, um, I won't, because it's still a new game, I won't spoil it, but she has inherited some Mishima-style moves along her, with her own style. She's got a lot of stances, uh, Reina is, so she can pressure really well. Uh, Victor is—he's kind of like Raven on steroids. He has long reach. He has a Glock, as in a handgun. He has this massive sword, so he's really good at long-range attacks. Apparently, he's a spammer's favorite right now. If you go into ranked, um, you will find Victor players who have got quite high ranks, literally just by just by spamming every attack possible because no one knows how to beat him yet. 
which is, you know, part of the course of any new game, really, a new fighter. As Husayna is uh, a coffee addict, uh, <laughs> believe it or not, she is very, she's very chatty in her stances. She has a lot of finicky kind of attacks. She can do these weird kind of stances and step backs and stuff. She's, uh, she's very good at pressure as well. She has some really disgusting mix-ups. Uh, or if you want to ask someone else, they would probably say she's just effing annoying and she can be really annoying to fight. But they're very, but they're very good. Um, and my my main my 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 guy Kazuya Kazuya Mishima is in it. He's awesome. I love him in Heat because he turns into devil. The characters have, as I said in my review, they have a lot more personality built into them. So King is more King is more focused on wrestling attacks now. He doesn't have as many uh, counter hit launches from kicks and punches. It's all about grappling because he's a wrestler. As I said, Kazuya turns into devil um, in Heat, which enforces his personality. Uh, Paul rides in on his motorbike at the beginning of the match. He's, you know, he's like, yes, you know, I'm still in tough condition. It's just, they just added so much personality. Like Mortal Kombat, they now have more dialogue at the beginning of the fight. Although I will say Mortal Kombat still beats them for the intros because there's no intro for mirror matches. So Kazuya versus Kazuya, they won't say anything special. Whereas in Mortal Kombat, like I think Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat 11, he'd be like, oh, I can't remember what he said. But so I was like, hey, I'm, Hey, are you the, are you the stunt double? No, no, I'm the stunt double. You know, you're I'm a real guy. You're the stunt double. You know, something like that, which would have been cool because those intros are so funny. But they've definitely stepped it up. The production values are great, and as a package, there's loads of stuff there. The story mode, character episodes. There's a uh, there's tra- there's training mode. There's Tekken Ball. There's an arcade quest, which is surprisingly really good. It's basically uh, you have these little cutesy avatars and the storyline is that you're a group of friends who are looking to get better at Tekken and you visit these arcades all around the US with the uh, the final goal of going to the Tekken World Tour and it even has a little character, car- caricature of uh, Katsuharu Harada and Michael Murray, the Tekken producers. They're there at the end commentating and you can even fight Harada's ghost as well, uh, which is really cool. Um, it is great. They've done really, really well, and as an overall package, it's it's probably one of the best Tekken games there, and it's it's a great it's great fun to play. And if you're a Tekken fan, you've got to buy it. Even if you're not, it's the most beginner-friendly Tekken game out there. So I would try it. Uh, my recommendation would be to go into Arcade Quest because it's great for tutorials, and even hardcore players uh, will get some good fun out of it because the ghosts there that you can fight and download are actually quite challenging. I mean, even I had I had a pretty good challenge. Uh, fighting some of them so yeah honestly i couldn't recommend it enough it's a great game uh if you've got any questions about game specific far away now guys if not um move on to tomb raider yeah i i have a couple questions mike um yeah can you play matches or like exhibition matches with the heat turned off or is it does it have to be turned on throughout the whole game uh, heat is always there. Yeah, you can't turn okay. heat off. It's 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 an integral part of the game. Uh, but what you can do is, I know it's not not the uh, it's not not to do with heat as such. But there is for super beginners, there's a special style control system that you can have that's uh, uh, by default set to L1, which gives you basically air combos by pressing triangle, triangle, triangle. Um, your heat smash by pressing a button. Your uh, like a low attack by mashing X or whatever. So basically stuff that's really hidden behind, uh, that's locked behind execution on the regular controls is you have it accessed, accessed by just pressing one button. So I know it's not the same thing as you were asking, but there is a special style control for beginners and heat stuff is on there as well. But yeah, heat's always turned on. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
you mentioned there's no infinite stages anymore. Are you happy about that, or do you, um, do you enjoy the infinite stages? That's a really good question, Gary. Um, I've never really, I've not really been a guy who likes walls too much in Tekken because they cause so much damage, and some characters are just absolutely disgusting against the wall. Uh, for those of you who don't know what I'm on about, who don't play Tekken, when you're against a wall, uh, you can't backdash anymore, obviously, and you're under pressure a lot at the wall. Yeah, and, so, and, and, and Paul can pretty much kill you in three hits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul can, yeah. <laughs> Paul, yeah. Oh, by the way, Paul is awesome in this game. Uh, yeah, he can. Um, but. I didn't actually. I thought I would mind a lot, Gary, but I've got used to it because the stage. Some of the stages are so big, uh, like the Colosseum and Yakushima. I think it's called the uh, 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 Jun stage. They're so big that I've never even reached the wall in them. I don't think off the top of my head. So they're like infinite stages, if that makes sense. Some of them are obviously quite small stages, but we've had them anyway. But I think uh, I will say this uh, because of heat. Um, I think walls are slightly different now. Yes, you can do a ton of damage at the wall now with heat and everything, but even when you're against the wall and under pressure in general, heat is really good because if you activate heat, it acts like a power crush, which is what absorbs attacks. So if someone's mashing and attacking you, I've done this a few times, you activate heat and you counter them. You like sort of, you, you absorb their attack and smack them with an overhead punch so you can get some... Uh, uh, get some frame advantage back and get some momentum going. So it's not actually too bad. But yeah, if you're if, if you do the right mix up against the wall and you're in heat, it's disgusting. Like you said, Paul. If you said Paul can kill you in three hits against the wall, like uh, in Tekken Seven or whatever, I swear it feels like one hit now. It's it, I was playing Paul today, man. <laughs> it's literally just <laughs> it's so much fun. Yeah, Paul, that man. fucking punch, man. <laughs> yeah, Phoenix Smasher. Yeah, and get it right, damn people. They keep, they keep calling it Death Fist. It's Phoenix Smasher. That's what it's called. That's what it's been called since the Tekken 1 instruction manual. I should know because I'm 40 next month. I, I know think it's, it's a translation <laughs> thing, dude. I think it's yeah. that's what it's called in Japan, so they're calling it the Japanese name. Oh, seriously? I didn't know that. Oh, okay. I believe so, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, it's a Phoenix Smasher to me, man. <laughs> no, that's cool, man. Um, yeah. You, you, did, you did sour me a little bit about King, though, because I, I play King as a striker more than a grappler, and I'm kind of Oh, well, no. Um, don't, yeah, I was going to say, I've been, I played against King a lot, and he, oh, my God, he's one of my most hated matchups because I like the character, but he's an arsehole to go against. He's so strong in this game. His grapple... His grapples do so much damage. And I'm not joking. This guy the other day was literally locking me down with simple jabs. Literally, just punch, punch, <laughs> frame apart, just punch, punch. So if you play King like that, you can still do it. The only thing they've... Um, I could be a bit more... I can be a bit nerdy with you, Gary, because you're on the kind of level. Well, what, they, what King doesn't have anymore, he, don't think, he doesn't have... A, I think it was back square, which is back one in arcade terms. He did this like this kind of like clothesline punch that counter hit you on in Tekken 7. It would stun mm -hmm. you and you could do a combo. He doesn't have that anymore. It just knocks you down. And he did this low, I don't have a notation for it, but was, it, wasn't, it wasn't the, uh, the alley kicks where he keeps going kick, kick, kick. It was a bigger sweep where he sort of ducks down and kicks. And on a counter hit in Tekken 7, that would spin them in the air and launch them. That doesn't launch them anymore. So that's what I meant, those two moves specifically. But he still, he still gets plenty of counter hit. Um, it, like, literally, Kings have been juggling me one from one stage to the, the one, <laughs> one part of the stage to the other, mate. Don't worry, he's still got that. <laughs> yeah, from what I've been seeing online, uh, King has been pissing a lot of people off. Yeah, he, he is ridiculous. I'm nobody wants to fight right now. Yeah, he is ridiculously strong in this game. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, um, yeah. 
the the other modes that they added so they they brought back the 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 bowling right the bowling and tekken ball tekken ball not bowling tekken ball it's the beach ball from tekken 3 oh where you so would, they bought the yeah, beach you, volleyball yeah, the but beach not the ball i don't know if you remember that yeah it's the one where you knock you have to hit a beach Yay. ball between each other. Yeah, I different. freaking love that thing. I, well, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, oh, yeah. Ben Spence knows what I'm on about as well. Yeah, the one from Tekken 3. But yeah, the Tekken ball. That's bad. Not the bowling. The bowling was uh, Tekken Tag 1 and Tekken 7. Uh, Tekken 7, it was DLC. But yeah, it's old school okay. Tekken ball in this. Yeah. <laughs> um, did, I don't know if this was fake or not. I think it was. But did they bring back the, the beat-em-up in this? Tekken Force? Um... I mean, do, do, do you want to know? I mean, it's still kind of new. Do you mind me saying, like, is it all right with you guys? If I... I mean, if it's not a spoiler. I mean, I, I don't see how a game mode can be a spoiler. <laughs> it's, okay, uh, okay you know what, I'll, I'll do it like this. If you don't want to know, if you don't want to know the answer to this one, because it's slightly, it's a, it's a, it's a story-related spoiler, then do oh, not. Oh, okay, then. Do, do, you want, do you not want to know, or? Well, it, it sounds like I got my answer from the leaks. Okay, or right, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this. Or right, <laughs> uh, what I say is, I say this: there isn't a Tekken Force mode as as you remember in Tekken Three. That is not there. Isn't that? But pl just play story mode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. I, that's, yeah, but I'm, being, I'm not being. I'm being a bit like you know. I'm trying to be vague, but at the same time, I'm giving you an answer. <laughs> um, I, I guess a couple final questions for me. I, I know somebody yeah, sure. else probably wants to that. Um. Story-wise, uh, without spoilers, does this feel yeah. like kind of the end of the of the Tekken story as as we know it? Is this like um, the finale for the story? Definitely not the end of the story for Tekken as a whole. Um, it's it's centered on Jin and because I probably should have mentioned this earlier. It's centered on Jin because uh, Jin and Kazuya. It's their final battle, so there is a. It's it, like Heihachi versus Kazuya in Tekken Seven. It's the uh, it's the end of that conflict, if that makes sense. Okay, so it, it's it's yeah. essentially kind of the end of of the Mashima storyline. Yeah, would you say? Yeah, for this this um for this part of the Mashima saga, Heihachi, Kazuya, and Jin, it's the end of that particular um saga. Yes, but there is. I'm not. Uh, it's hard to say. It's not that they can definitely. There's more that can happen. I'll just say that. But in terms of Kazuya and it Jin, wouldn't be, uh, it wouldn't be taken without Mashiba stuff. Like, it, yeah, you can't just end the story. Yeah. It'll, I don't know what the story is, but trust me, I know Tekken, and that there'll be a, yeah. something will happen at some point. Oh yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Oh no, ben, Ben's <laughs> right. Yeah, no, it's not. The Mashimas haven't ended. It's just. There's a conclusion for a specific arc, but there's still more machinery. I hope that answers your question without spoiling it, because I can't yeah, really yeah, go yeah. into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I guess the, the last thing I wanted to ask, uh, since you've been playing Tekken since you know the beginning, um, no, <laughs> yeah, is it, 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 does this feel like the the Tekken that finally surpasses three in a lot of people's eyes? Because three is considered to be the best Tekken of all time. Uh, by so um, many, um, yeah. Does this feel like like it's finally broken through that mold? I mean, if you look at Metacritic, for example, Tekken Three is like what ninety seven, ninety six on Metacritic or some stupid high. Yeah, I think I think it's definitely I think it's the best Tekken game so far. But at the same time, I've always been a big fan of. Um, I didn't. I I really like Tekken Two and Three, Tekken Three especially. But Tekken Five actually was a really big fan favorite as well. It was usually Tekken Three or Tekken Five because 
a lot of people from what you know i listen to a lot of the tech and discourse and a lot of people obviously say tech and free was great but it's so dated now it's unplayable I, I don't agree with that i still love tech and free i booted it up a few maybe a month or two ago and played through some gin storyline and stuff like that i still love it it's just slow because it's 50 hertz in power regions but oh, 60 bro, hertz sorry. yeah but, which isn't great <laughs> which, but um yeah, the UK way, got screwed so bad with that. yeah which by the way is 25 <laughs> but, um, frames per second yeah there we go sorry yeah know. yeah yeah um so that does make a difference but no i mean tekken tekken free is great but um this is um I mean, Tekken 7 was a very solid game. I just hated the, uh, I just hated all the, um, the bullshit DLC characters who were just b so brain dead and you could, it was almost pay to win. But um, no, this game, for me, this is, this is the best Tekken game. It's, it's, amazing. it's, it's great. It's, it's brilliant. But um, I'd imagine some people will... Um, um, I think there's been a lot of people who don't like Heat, which is a big turn-off for them. But the people who do like Tekken Eight, they they said the same thing. It's it's it's, it's the best one. It's 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 it's, it's great. Um, it's um yeah, it's taken the crown from three and five. I think those two. What I've seen of he it does seem really powerful. Like I've watched someone stream the story mode, and like he was like almost losing, and suddenly he got heat mode, and the enemy was just like down to no health after a really good combo. Like there seems to be yeah, some really can. really broken moves. Like, yeah, they're, they're oh yeah, but in terms. Of in terms of balancing, there are a lot of characters who are who are really overpowered. Dragunov was overpowered. Jun is borderline broken. People say um, uh, King is very strong, actually, as well. Uh, but there's, they've been they balance things. They patched Dragunov already, so he's not quite as oppressive. I imagine there will be more things coming. I mean, they don't even have a penalty for rage quitting yet in ranks. There's not even a penalty system, so they they there's there's still there's a lot of stuff that's gonna that's gonna be implemented. I, I think there's a yeah, uh, yes. stuff like that can be a pain because it's hard to balance between actual rage queen or just someone had internet cutting out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I think what they need to do is maybe just give a uh, Tekken Seven had a warning system, so if it happened, you'd get a warning, and if it happened after that, you'd get a penalty. So, but even that, I mean, if you've got a bad internet though, then I don't know. I guess like if it happens frequently, then that's like you've got to try and. I guess it's your, on you to try and like fix it if it really happens and a lot. But yeah, I mean, it could happen. Don't play yeah. a, I mean, my, my, my if you've got bad internet, please. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's happened to me. My my internet's gone down, yeah. and and um, you know, I lost the match and got a penalty and stuff. Um, so it's a shame. But uh, yeah, they've got, they've, there's a lot of patching to be done, and I think there's one coming this week. There's a notification when you boot up the game. I think there's something coming. There's something a tech in shop coming. Whatever that is, hopefully no micro tracks transactions but um yeah it is still obviously still early days it's so only three weeks old so yeah no, oh god i'm talking so much that's really cool no it's 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 so cool to see taken uh rise up again because yeah. right now taken eight is the fastest selling fighting game uh of yeah, this generation so too, you yeah, know it, mortal combat held that title for so long you know even street fighter yeah. couldn't overcome it um, yeah. But then Street Fighter all of a sudden exploded with with five and six uh, after four came out, and you know yeah. Taken was kind of the in third place uh, behind those two, and now it's two million in a week. It's all two million units in a week. Yeah, it's, it's done. It's done really, really well. Tekken Seven. Uh, if it wasn't for Tekken Seven, we wouldn't be here with Tekken Eight. If Tekken Seven had flopped, then um, or they just gave up after Tekken Tag 2, then yeah, that would have been it for Tekken. It did almost, it almost died, the series. So yeah, Tekken 7 brought it back. It sold like, 
what 10 11 million copies tekken 7 has um and yeah tekken's eight, second night is off to a great start and we've got yeah. eddie coming it's the first dlc in spring so um yeah i, I you'll, mean this... you'll see the the next the, the everybody online with eddie as the number one player <laughs> yeah every DLC character, yeah every dlc character in tekken 7 like as soon as negan dropped you'd be fighting negan all the time then like gamryu and kunimitsu <laughs> yeah it's like oh god yeah um, I can just see it. everybody's like, all the characters in Tekken 7's DLC were broken as shit, and then here comes Eddie, already a broken character, and he's also DLC. He's like double yeah, broken oh, now. God, Eddie's, a, Eddie's a nightmare. God, yeah. I really hope they bring. I really hope Armor King is season one DLC, man. I really do. But um, we have to wait and see. But yeah, I like Tekken 8. <laughs> that's that's for long and short. <laughs> Yeah, if there's any more questions, um, uh, far away. But otherwise, I'll I'll go to Tomb Raider if that's all right, guys. And I've no, you can go for it. Questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, two. All right, cool. Um, yeah, okay. Um, Tomb Raider. Yeah, Tomb Raider one to three. Uh, like Tekken. Um, it's probably no surprise. I'm I'm a massive Tomb Raider fan. Uh, I'm. You, I mean, you guys know me anyway, inside out. I'm old school. I've played all these games many times. I've had. I got all the Tomb Raiders for Christmas for the years they come out in the nineties and stuff. Uh. This is uh, Tomb Raider 1 and 3 remastered, uh, PS5 version I got. Uh, I'll say one thing off the bat. The great thing about this is they have the expansion packs, which were only available on PC um, on this collection. So I had never played them. So I have been playing new Tomb Raider content for Tomb Raider 1 28 years after it came out. Just think about that for a sec, how awesome that is for someone like me. But I was, I was just in heaven. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, Unfinished Business for Tomb Raider 1, The Golden Master Tomb Raider 2, and Lost Artifact for Tomb Raider 3. Uh, but the games themselves, uh, these are, it's not a re these aren't remakes, they're more of a, they're, they're a remaster, as it says. So what we've got here is the, uh, uh, by pressing the options button, you can switch between the old visuals and the new visuals. Um, they did a really good job with the new visuals. Uh, they look really cool. The, uh, they've, there's increased foliage, there's lighting effects, there's new character models and stuff. Uh, some levels really benefit from this more than others. And that's not to say the ones that don't look bad. It's just because, uh, for example, the Lost Valley has now got a skybox, whereas before it was just pitch black. Now you can see the sky and everything. It looks like you're actually in a valley rather than in a cave. There's uh, the lighting effects really, really, really bring some of the locations to life. Um, a lot of the outdoor locations, like the Great Wall of China in Tomb Raider 2, uh, the jungle in Tomb Raider 3, they look really good. Like I said, it's not a, re it's not a remake, so it's not going to blow you away, but it's on, I would say, I think in a review I said it's on par with kind of like a smoother, a kind of a, a HD version of Tomb, Ra Tomb Raider, uh, Tomb Raider PS2, PS3 era, so it looks good, but the environments look really, really good, though. They, they, they really do shine. It's, it's, when you switch between the two, you really appreciate how much work they've done. So it, it looks great. And the, um, they've redone a lot of the models as well, like the pickups and stuff. They're not like 2D sprites. Uh, you can see them easier. Quality of life improvements. Uh, they've got a little explanation mark now when you hover over an item, so which is handy if it's obviously quite dark and you can't really see. So that's good. Boss battles have a, uh, have a health bar now, which is really useful because you had no idea how much damage you were doing before. Now you can see... Um, when you're fighting that T-Rex, you can see how much damage you're doing, which is really good. Um, you could, uh, another big one is the controls. You can switch between tank controls and model controls. Because I'm an old bastard, I went for the uh, tank controls because that's what I'm used to. But the modern controls, if you're new to Tomb Raider or you've played the old ones and you just can't get over the controls, personally, I've never had an issue with them. That's because I grew up with them. I can play Spider-Man 2 
right down here now and go right upstairs and play Resident Evil 1 without even like going, oh my God, what's going on? I can't move. You know, it, it, it doesn't matter to me. I, I'm sure there's people like that, but I'm sure there's people who can't get to grips with them. So modern is the way to go because it gives you a modern analog control. So you can move Lara around literally in a circle, which she normally wouldn't be able to do, literally, you know, turning her in a circle constantly, which she wouldn't be able to do normally. So it's a lot more easy to move around. Uh, you now have the uh, your guns. Uh, to host, unholster your guns, you hold L2, and you hold those, you hold it in, if you let go, she holsters them again, so as the original controls, you held, press triangle, and she got them out, and she would keep them out, and you have to holster them again, but this is like, think of it as aiming down the sights in a, in a modern shooting game, you hold it, and then you press R2 to fire, so that feels very, anyone who's played a modern shooter, a modern third-person shoot, will feel at home with these, it, it felt weird to me, because of what I'm used to, but I can totally appreciate how a beginner uh, how a uh, yeah, how a beginner fan or someone who doesn't like take controls would be able to get on board with them. So it's definitely catered to newcomers with this, which is great because if it brings new fans, right, that's great, isn't it? That's a good thing. So that's cool for them. But old school fans, yeah, the tank controls are still there. Um, the game, I mean, the games. This is old school Tomb Raider. I mean, if you liked Tomb Raider years ago or you just got into them and love them, then you, you'll still love this. It's a there. Tomb Raider one is the most kind of that's the rawest form of tomb raider it's very much funnily enough i know it sounds stupid to say but it has her raiding tombs because a lot of the other games she's not actually always in that many tombs this is a lot of the the underground caves and tombs and stuff which is really cool the puzzles are really good in that game the level design is great there's a lot of really hard jumps and quite complex kind of uh, structures and puzzles tomb raider 2 is the action uh, game of the, the trilogy there's a lot more um fighting in it mostly against human enemies there's tons of human human enemies in this like grunts with like baseball bats and guns whereas in the original it's mostly animals you're fighting there are there are creatures in tomb raider 2 but it's more about fighting human enemies so there's a lot more ammo a lot more guns but the locations are really good because what they do in this is they take you to more uh it's slightly more urban like you go to venice and again, against this hideout, you go to uh, you know you, there's um there's that side of it. But there's also a deserted opera house. There's an offshore rig. You go into a sunken wreck, which is awesome. One of the best level hubs in the entire game. The uh, the Maria Doria wreck, which is great. It's got some great puzzles there. Some of the best atmosphere in the game. Apparently, in early development, it was going to be the Titanic, but they changed that um, for I'm guessing copyright reasons or whatever. But um. Uh, it, it's a great level. There's a Tibetan monastery. Uh, you ride vehicles now. There's a snowmobile. There's a a, uh, a speedboat in Venice, which is really cool. Um, the puzzles are still really, really good, though. And there's some uh, the secrets have changed slightly in that because one and three you just find caches of ammo and pickups and stuff. In Tomb Raider two, the secrets are three different coloured gold. Uh, uh, sorry, three different coloured dragon statues: gold, stone, and jade. When you get all of them, when you pick up the third one, you get a massive cache of ammo, or in some case, a gun in some ammo. So that, that that's slightly different, but it's really cool. The secrets are always great to find. Some of them are obvious. Some of them are really well hidden behind puzzles sometimes. So it's, it's, it's just it's really great to kind of dip into the level across all three games um, to explore for these. And it's, it's really satisfying when you solve these puzzles and find secrets. Uh, Tomb Raider 3 is kind of a mix of both. There's, there's kind of like a, an even kind of balance between human enemies and uh, animals to fight. Uh, it's got some great locations. The, jungles, the jungle section is brilliant. It's really beautiful to look at. Uh, there's temples and stuff. You go to London. 
uh, in one of them with Thames Wharf and you go into a kind of a sewer system. You go to Area 51, which is really quite interesting. You're in like you, uh, where there's a kind of a high tech security compound there and you have to solve all the, the puzzles are more the puzzles are more fit into the environment so it's like dodging laser traps and turning off security systems and all this is really cool there's a, a ufo you can go into um there's an antarctic base you go to it's just it's really cool but it's uh tomb raider 3 is the hardest tomb raider game out of the, the uh, out of the original trilogy there's some really quite uh nasty difficulty spikes in there and you can um, at one point, in, it's tradition in Tomb Raider games at one point to get all your weapons stolen and everything, and you can get them back. But in Tomb Raider 3, when you get captured in one of the levels, I won't go into too much details, you don't get to get your weapons back. You have to collect everything again. And because once you finish the intro, the uh, beginning uh, Indian levels, you get to choose where to go next out of South Pacific Islands, Nevada, and London. If you choose the area, if you go through all the others... Before you go to the one where you get your weapons stolen, you can screw yourself over because you'll go, you, you'll go through nearly the whole game, you'll get your weapons stolen and everything, and you won't get them back. And you only have the, net, the last few levels to go through before the final boss. So you have to really scavenge for ammo then, so you can really screw yourself over. So that's why you have to go. It's recommended, unless you really want to make it difficult, to go to this specific um, area first after India. So you get your stuff stolen and then have plenty of time to get it back. So, yeah, it's it's a really tough game, but has some of the best puzzles and um, some of the best locations as well. Um, I'm a big fan of all three of the games. If it's a game, um, no matter what kind of Tomb Raider game you're into in old school terms, uh, uh, whichever game it is will scratch that itch if you want to do something slight more more conventional old school tomb raider one if you want to do something a little different with more combat tomb raider two if you want a mix of both maybe or, or a harder challenge go for free so it's uh yeah i mean I'd, i probably won't go into much more detail because you know people have played these games like for years now and stuff it, it's old school tomb raider but the stuff they've added is great and they're still great to play they're very methodical a lot slower, a bit clunky in places, but the puzzles are so good and the level design is so good. I mean, St. Francis's Folly in the first game, as I said, the jungle, uh, the, the Temple of Xi'an in Tomb Raider 2, which is, oh my God, it takes like an hour and a half to do that. It's a, a, just a, an intricately designed uh, massive puzzle piece. It's just, it's brilliant. Some of, some of those designs really, really stand the test of time. They're so good. I, it's honestly, it, it's, re, it's it's great to play again. Seriously, um, but yeah, um, if you hated Tomb Raider, though, you probably won't like this. Uh, I will say that if you really didn't like them, you might not like this. But yeah, if if you're an old school fan, this is great. <laughs> I think uh, hate is a strong word. Um, well, probably not back then. Um, I think you you mentioned because you can have the more modern controls. I think this yeah. is the perfect time to play them. Um, yeah, because I, I know mean, there's a lot of people who wanted to play those games, but the controls killed it for them. They just couldn't it for, yeah. do it. Yeah, no, um, yeah, absolutely. That's what they're for, Gary. They're they're for they're for people who don't like take controls who have never or who have never played Tomb Raider before. There, it's it's the best way I can describe it. It's it's like uh, Resident Evil Remaster, you know, where you can switch between modern and old school controls. It's very yeah. similar to that. So it makes dodging zombies easier and navigation easier. It's the same kind of thing. So. Absolutely, go for the modern controls if that's your jam. Definitely, I like. I didn't hate them; those games. I just I couldn't get used to them. Oh, right, okay. Did <laughs> that, you, um... and, and because I just couldn't figure out where the hell to go. 
Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> like I, everything I moves the same. Guys, you're in the cave. Like, everything moves the same. Where the hell do I go? <laughs> yeah, um, it's funny. Michelle was play- Michelle was watching me. My girlfriend watching me, and she says, "How do you figure out where to go? It all looks so like the same." Like you said, and I was like, "Oh yeah, you get used to it." <laughs> That's too major. I know what you mean, man. Actually- yeah, yeah. I've actually heard some Capcom owner players of uh, Resident Evil titles are really frustrated with the Tomb Raider remasters because they wish that Capcom would do something like this with one to three. Thoughts? Um. Well, you, what you mean the original Resident Evil games? Yes. Yeah. No. No. I would love to see that, Ben. I would love to see them do a remaster, uh, do a a Tomb Raider one to three treatment for the original three Resident Evil games. That would be great. I can't believe they haven't done it. I think it's just simply because the remakes exist. That's that's the reason why they've remade. Uh, well, okay, they haven't remade one in the same style as two and three, but you've got two and three, and they've already re- remade one and they remastered it. I think that's the only reason we haven't got them because there's no look reason. At, I I can't Square, see a reason though. why. They should look at mm-hmm. Square because remember they remastered Fantasy Seven in the original style, and then they also had the yeah. remake. The remake, yeah, yeah. So, no, I agree. I think they should. I think they should do that for the 20th anniversary. One to three remastered. Give give it a j- jazz up visual visuals. Give it a modern control overhaul. Switch between the two, like Tomb Raider. Brilliant. It, that would sell. That would be a brilliant idea. I, I would I would buy it. I mean, I bought them God knows how many times. I own own one about four or five times. I would buy it again. <laughs> Take my money. I, ha- I will say. <laughs> I will. Say, I'm sorry, but if I'm going to sound mean to Capcom, but. I do know that unlike this game, which is selling for what I think twenty five pounds, if Capcom did it, they will sell it for seventy. Yeah, they're true, not going to yeah. sell it for twenty five. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, but, I, that's but... actually a very, yeah, no, they they would put it, they would put the price. And that's a actually that's a, a Ben made a very good point there. This the, the collection is um is yeah it's twenty five is twenty yeah twenty four ninety nine is it British British pounds is that right? Yes, I yeah. think it's twenty four ninety nine, and it's also discounted, or at least it was, if you're a PlayStation Plus member. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there you go. It's not it, it's much, very I think, good but it's like about ten yeah. percent, I think. <coughs> yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah, great. Uh, either way, um, yeah, it's it's good value as well. Uh, it's a good oh. price package. Uh, oh, hold on, Ben. You, you you jumped the gun with Capcom charging seventy dollars for these three games because as of today, Capcom is the only company <laughs> that has not released a seventy dollar game. Yeah, that changes with Dragon Dog. Dragon's Dogma Two is the first one. They, right? they should sell that thing for two hundred dollars. I would buy it six times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad. There's no collector's edition for Dragon's Dogma Two. <laughs> Bite the hell uh, out of that Really? Thing. Wow, I'm shocked. I know. I'm right? shocked about that. <laughs> oh wow, really? There, there isn't a collector's edition for it? No. No, wow. there isn't. Like I'll tell you what well, annoys in... me as well. There's no. What was that then? Sorry, sorry, Ben. Carry on. Like I said, it's not even like a digital deluxe edition. I think there's a digital deluxe. Um, oh, okay. Actually, well, that's a collector's edition then. I'm talking about like with a statue, man, with statue, cool stuff. Yeah, the full whack. Yeah, the full <laughs> whack. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, but should be I want cool stuff. Yeah, but that's still a collector's edition. So th- there is still a collector's edition. It's just actually, not physical. I don't think there is a digital deluxe. Let me see. I'm looking mm-hmm. at it right now. $69.99 oh, okay. for the digital deluxe edition. Do you know what? Sixty nine ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> That's regular price. No, because the regular price is fifty nine ninety nine for the, the oh, wow. Dogma two. Dogma two pre order bonus one fifty nine ninety nine. Deluxe edition sixty nine ninety nine. I'm, I'm looking at the store as as we speak. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Is that oh, that's in pounds or euros or whatever it is. Yeah, that is in pounds. Yes, that is indeed the pound pounds. price. So, so yeah, seventy dollars for us. Yeah, so nothing's changed there. Okay. Well, no, I'll it's ten pounds cheaper than standard price here for the regular edition because normally games have been sixty nine ninety nine. Mm. What the hell's going on? How come you guys are getting the game cheaper than we are? <laughs> I put it put in the in, there you go. And I guess I put in general. Yeah, Dragon's Dogma two, standard edition, seventy dollars. Wow. No, it's, it's it's ten pound less than normal here, and then it's the uh, the collector's edition for the sixty nine ninety nine. Ben, do you know what the, annoys me? What's up? There's no um, there's no physical edition of Tomb Raider one to three. I'm really disappointed about that because that is something I would love to own yeah. and have on my shelf. My, um, I, I guess if it does well enough, maybe a limited run will pick it up and do one. Yeah, that's exactly maybe. what I was hoping. Yeah, I was hoping for that because I still haven't got Alan Wake 2 yet. I need to play that as well. And uh, again, no physical edition for that, but I st- obviously I'm going to buy it. I mean, I'm, you know, that's, a, that's another thing. But yeah, I, I really want to play that. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm done with that. Is uh, are there any questions at all from anyone about that? How do like there is a difference between the modern and retro style controls? Which one did you prefer? Um, I prefer the um, I prefer the tank controls just because I played that for like twenty sips, twenty eight years. But um, that's just literally because it's it's locked in my head, you know, like muscle memory. So so much so that the modern controls felt weird to me, as I mentioned in my review. But there's nothing wrong with modern some controls. The, like, you know, some of the jumps look like they're more frustrating with modern controls versus the old style controls. I think they are. Yeah, the the whole thing about walking to the edge, hopping back, running, and holding jump, and then X to grab. I don't think that's. I don't know. There's something about that that the tank controls feel more suited to. I don't know. Um, but the the modern controls feel a little bit. You can still do it. You walk, but the way the walk button is, the walk button is square, <coughs> so it feels a bit weird. But you could still do it. But uh, yeah, like it's just ingrained in my mind from decades, Ben. So it's just um, it's the same with Resident Evil. Um, I use the the old school controls for that, but that's just personal preference. So <coughs> I guess you got all three. Which one's your favourite Tomb Raider then out of the three? Oh my free? god! You had to ask. You had to ask that. Oh my god! <laughs> It's very close, very close. But my two, my favorite is actually Tomb Raider Three because it's got the. I just yeah. love the. Pu- I yeah, I love the puzzles in it, and it's got some of my favorite levels in it as well. But I again, very, very close. Tomb Raider Two is great, and I still love Number One because of the level design. But Tomb Raider Three, I replay. <laughs> I, re- I replayed it twice last in the last year. Um, I love it that much. And that, that, that did, uh, it was only recently, literally, that in, until I finished it on my PS1 before starting the review and everything, obviously. Um, that, cement, that cemented it for me. Um, Tomb Raider 3, <clears throat> definitely. Uh, but I should also add that Last Revelation should have been included in this because that's great as well. But yeah, free. <laughs> um, did they uh, re-record audio and music for this or did they, is it the, the original audio? No, it's the original stuff so all the old oh. voice acts and all the old music and stuff, but that's but the music is great um, the, the, all the old school chimes and everything, the secret chime the, uh, the, the Tomb Raider theme reprise that plays the, the, you know you know, when an enemy comes up to mm-hmm. you in Tomb Raider 2 when you're ambushed, all that's there all the old voice acting is there, obviously the uh, 
if you switch to the modern the modern visuals, then obviously they 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 look a lot better. Their mouths move and stuff. They're not just like bobbing their heads and stuff. <laughs> but um, so that that looks pretty cool. But yeah, it's it's all the old uh, all the old dialogue. And the FNVs haven't been changed. You can ups you can make the quality look a little better, but they haven't been redone. I mean, no, I ask because that's surprising because licenses and stuff. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I suppose they could have done it, but at the same time, yeah. I mean, like the uh, the amount of. Di- I mean, obviously, you've had three di- there's different voice actresses for Lara Croft. It probably would have been a a real headache to change everything. And I think it's just too those performances and everything are too integral to like the the memory of these games. I think they wanted to they wanted to touch up but preserve everything. If that makes sense, not redo. But I think I think that was the goal, and that's what they've done. But, uh, yeah, there we go. Tekken and Tomb Raider. <laughs> Is everyone excited for the Angel of Darkness remaster? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there are people who, who would love to see that, Ben. <laughs> no, as, as, as I mentioned, Ben, uh, Tomb Raider Legend is my favorite. Um, I'll be all for that one if it mm-hmm. comes out mm-hmm. again. But yeah. they also remade the original Tomb Raider with the Legends engine, too. The yeah, anniversary. Yeah, anniversary. No, anniversary. Yeah. Um, mm. So I would be very happy with those two games, and even um, what was the we talked about it last week too. I keep forgetting the game, what it's called. Underworld. Uh, Underworld. Underworld. Yeah. Yeah. Underworld. <laughs> I'll yeah. be okay with Underworld. I enjoyed Underworld. I never played Underworld. Is it good, Gary? I enjoyed it for what it was. Is that the one with the Kraken? Yep. Yes. Cool. Yeah, I need to check that out. Yeah, it, it was kind of semi open world where you just get on a bike and you go from tomb to tomb and location to location and Oh, okay, mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. What did you sorry, sorry, I'm not trying to derail things quickly, just quickly. Um uh what did you think of the new uh, this is open to everyone by the way. What did you think of the the last Tomb Raider games, the uh the uh, rebooted trilogy? I only liked the first one. Oh, really? That. You what Oh, right. You really you you weren't you uh didn't really like the other two men guys. Um, no, (laughs) unfortunately, that's interesting. That is fair. Um, can you quit? Sorry, because I got to shoot off in a set, but can you, um, can you, can you quickly sort of say what what, what turned you off on those two, Gary? Obviously, Rise and Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Um, with with Rise, I felt like them going into this, like they took the 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 open island part of the first one and they just kind of copy pasted it to Rise, but. Mm. Then they added like this whole civilization that existed, which is fine and all. What what really did it in for me though was them clearly trying to tell a story about like Christianity, but being too afraid to actually use Christianity as the religion in the game. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, like there's clearly a guy there who's supposed to be Jesus, and they don't want to <laughs> call him that. <laughs> you know it's stuff like that that kind of irritated and the fact that it just became less of like a survival thing like they had in the first one where she's literally fighting for her life every Mm -hmm. moment to it became way too gamey like they added too much like gamey gamey stuff yeah 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 Yeah, all of a sudden she goes from I don't even know how to use a knife to look at me wielding these badass weapons in the second game. 
Yeah, like, I could see way- him doing that yeah. in the third game, but not that quick of a, a leap between the two. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. To be honest, thinking about it, I mean, I, I played all three and I liked them for what they were, but thinking about it, I actually played through two and three recently-ish since I've moved since I moved into this house in the last like two and two years and three months. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't enjoy two and three as much as I remember. Um, I actually thought, actually thought about it. And I thought, you know what? I think number one is my favorite out of that rebooted trilogy. So I, I yeah, do and, understand and, what you guys are saying. Yeah. yeah and and mm-hmm. three, they just went away from everything. You know, yep. they went away from who she was and yeah. who she is like the, the tomb rating stuff. I think they really got away from them. Yeah, it's a um, shame because I, I'll tell you one thing. I loved the initial locations in, in the third one with the jungle and everything. I really mm-hmm. loved that location because it reminded me of Tomb Raider 3 with the jungle and everything. There were some really nice nice locations there, but it was just so bloated with all the content and stuff as well, man. Like, it was too, I don't know, it, it, it was longer than it should have been. There was too much grindiness to it and everything. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah, I, don't and know. I, I felt like she was like an MI6 agent rather than yeah, yeah, a normal person. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, something about, mm, yeah, yeah. Well, if, if, if whatever they're working on now is a, a, a reboot, like it sounds like it is, um, yeah. and I like the it. image that they, I guess, revealed of, of Wara wearing her original getup, um, I'm I hope, yes, that, you know, yeah, me too, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, me too. I hope it goes back to um, yeah the uh, the core kind of principles of Tomb Raider. No more daddy issues, please. <laughs> yeah, and I know people are like, "Oh, dinosaurs? That's not realistic." I'm like, "But it's it fits the world." Yeah, <laughs> in my opinion, <laughs> you don't play Tomb Raider for realism. <laughs> no, you don't. So, but yeah, that, that that was my issues with those two guys. Like, I love the original, the, the first reboot where she's like, "I'm trying to survive on this island where." A, a lot of bad shit would happen to me if I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. You know? So I enjoy that. Obviously, it went more... It had some supernatural elements to it and all that. Um, which I guess also is an issue that I have with, with these three Tomb Raiders. There's too much supernatural stuff going on. Yeah, I mean, Tomb Raiders... Always, I yeah, don't the know. Old, even, all back, the, even the they, old Tomb Raiders back, had that. Yeah, I was going to say, even Sorry. 1, 2, and 3, right back to the beginning, there have been... I mean, two, oh, well, fucking hell, if we're talking spoilers here, it's 28 years old. Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider 1 had the Atlanteans, uh, Atlanteans and the mummies. Tomb Raider 2 had yeah, floating islands and statues that come to life and giant spiders. Tomb Raider 3 had the meteorite. Uh, the, uh, they had those, those mutants that turned it, uh, from exposure to the meteorite and the giant spider boss. Oh, but... That's stuff I'm okay with. I'm talking about, oh, okay. I feel like it went more sci-fi rather than... Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I Indiana Jones type of yeah. supernatural. You know what I mean? Yeah, like Uncharted yeah. had more of a Uncharted had supernatural stuff, but it's it was so it was very grounded supernatural stuff. You know? Yeah, that, that's that's a fair point. Yeah, it's, it wasn't like ghosts and like you know it was. Yeah, I know what you mean. It was more like mutated mm. kind of things, wasn't it? And everything, which is yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean. That's fair enough. Um, yeah, that's good. Um, well. I have to dash now, I'm afraid, guys, but um, it was lovely being on this podcast again, and I am hope to be, if you, like you said, if you, I will try and get something working on my laptop again, but if I have to use my phone again, and you guys haven't minded this, then I'll happily come on again as soon as I can, if that's all right. Yeah, yeah. for sure. we got to talk Silent Hill, man. Yeah, we, yeah, we will do that. Yeah, <laughs> we definitely will. Um, and um, 
yeah, well, thanks for having me on, guys. I know you've got a show to do, so I'll let you crack on. But uh, thanks for listening to my ramblings on Tekken 8 and uh, Tomb Raider. And um, thanks for having me on again. And thank you, listeners. I will catch up with you guys soon, then. Yeah, take care, Mike. See you later, guys. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. No problem. It's a pleasure. See you later, guys. Take care. Bye. 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 Um, Well, there's Mike, everyone. Everyone's still here, right? Everyone didn't just leave at once. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the depression kicked in right away when he left. (laughs) Time to to leave. I know he's the better voice British person, so I understand why everyone would want to leave. How dare you, Ben? Your voice is sexual. No, it isn't, but thank you. Uh, I specifically remember someone calling you the voice of God in a specific stream that we were doing. Hey, that was Dragon's Dogma, wasn't it? No, that was Dragon Age Inquisition. Oh, that was Dragon Age. Yeah, I remember answering people's questions during a stream and someone called me God. It was weird. Is that the voice of God? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it was. I remember that. That was fun. We got a a lot of views on that one. Just going to say, if there is voice of God, no wonder he doesn't answer people all the time. (laughs) (laughs) You work in mysterious ways, man. Uh. Uh. <laughs> ah. Okay, well, I was going to bring up the Lara Croft redesign, but we already did that, so we'll close that down. Um, so the Xbox stuff happened. <laughs> oh, joy. Yeah. Uh, I'm so excited. <laughs> so, supposedly, we're not getting Starfield, supposedly, and also, supposedly, not Indiana Jones, supposedly. I still don't believe it, but supposedly. Like, I actually believe... I, okay, I didn't believe we'd get them originally. That, you know... Until he mentioned the fact that we won't be getting them. And as soon as he mentioned them by name, I understood that there's a huge chance we're getting them. Um, if anyone wants to know why I think that is because you're not going to... Like, the re- leak was that they were going to be released after the expansion, especially for Starfield. The, the DLC was going to come first. And then it was going to come to PS5 eventually. You're not going to announce the PS5 version at a business meeting before the DLC comes out that will affect the sales of the current version of the game you're selling. You're not going to announce something that's going to hurt the sales of the thing that you're selling. You're going to wait until sales die down and then announce the thing that you're going to be selling on a different platform. And people said, oh, he said it's not one of the games. that are po-. Yeah, he said it's not going to be one of the four games. And that is correct. He is not. It is not one of the four games that are being ported over. Um, so, uh, Xbox and supposedly Game Pass is staying with Xbox. And I do think it should still be renamed to Microsoft Game Pass, just because it's more fitting than Xbox because it's on multiple platforms than Xbox. Um, but anyway, that's my thoughts on this, Alfonso. Uh yeah, I, I really don't care. Like, um. Starfield coming to PS5 because of we we mentioned this Ben you and I mentioned this it's basically No Man's Sky and I really haven't played No Man's Sky so I don't consider myself I don't see myself playing Starfield the only game I want to play that we're pretty sure is coming to PS5 is High Fire Rush I loved it when I had an Xbox I didn't get to finish it because obviously games were piling up and I needed to get to those they were more important to me than. Tie for Russia, but now that it's coming, whenever that is, 
I'm looking forward to starting over and progressing from where I left off. That's the only game I care about. So, yeah. Gary. Mm. Um, what a waste of time. I lost 22 minutes of my life for, in my opinion, nothing. Something that they could have easily addressed the moment the leaks happened with the, with the press release. Um, there's no reason to wait a week for them to record uh, a podcast episode, essentially telling people what they already knew. Nothing in this thing, in, in this podcast, was new information. Um, we know there's a new Xbox in development from the FTC case filings. Um, that wasn't a spoiler. Um, Game Pass only having 35 million subscribers, that's not really new information. Um, what's new is that it includes the the group of people that they moved over from Xbox Live Gold, which just tells me that Game Pass had an even lower subscription before they did that, um, which is insane to me uh, at this point, since Sony has over 50 million PlayStation Plus subscribers. I would have thought that Game Pass would have surpassed that by now. Um, so not a good look for Game Pass either. Um, you know, the in in, in this well, podcast, obviously, knew, yeah, from what we knew from leaks, Game Pass had around 20 billion, right? At one point, 20 ish million. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, we know from the FTC stuff that Xbox Live Gold was in the single digit millions. Um, like it wasn't over 10 million, it was it was in in, in between one to 9.99 million. We don't know how many it could have been. Nine million nine hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine. For all we know, that's we we don't know. We just know it was in the single-digit millions, um, because a lot of people had moved over to Gold um, Game Pass. Now, mm-hmm. that means that they've gained three or four million probably in the last few years because they've got rid of Xbox Live Gold, and Xbox Live Gold is now Game Pass Core. Um, yeah, and Game Pass Core. Adds like nine million to the so that's where the thirty-four million comes from, roughly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. because the game so, so like I said, it, it was less until they yeah. migrated those people over. Um, By the way, I hate is... that. I, can I just can I take a second to rant about that stuff? I Please. hate that system more than place. Like I don't like the PlayStation Plus extra premium stuff because it's confusing. Mm-hmm. But at least with all of them, you have online access. Um, and that's the confusing part I don't like about Game Pass. Because you've got Xbox for Game Pass. You've got technically PC for Game Pass. Um, you've got Game Pass Core. And you've got Game Pass Ultimate. Sorry. So Game Game Pass Core, Xbox Game Pass, PC Game Pass, Game Pass Ultimate. Now, if you're new to Xbox, you're going to be really confused by this system. Because Game Pass Core... Is basically PlayStation Plus, if you think about it, Gary. You'll get your selection of games that you get monthly. Um, and But unlike... Remember the PlayStation Plus collection? Mm-hmm. Now, Game Pass Core gives you a selection of 30 games that haven't, by the way, haven't changed yet. They said they're adding, adding new games to it, but they haven't added anything yet ever since the service started. Um, and Game Pass Core will give you access to online and those 30 games. Game Pass Xbox will give you access to the Game Pass category, catalog, sorry, but won't give you access to online. So you'll have access to all the Game Pass games day one, 
but you won't actually have access to any multiplayer features of those games or any multiplayer of any games you own because Game Pass just gives Game Pass. It gives no, nothing else, just online, uh, just those games. So if you want to have Game, game Pass and Game Pass Core, you need to buy Game Pass Ultimate, which will give you Game Pass, Game Pass Core and Game Pass PC. But if you, 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 you can't just buy one or the other. If you want Game Pass games, you need Game Pass Ultimate, really, because otherwise you're not going to be able to play your multiplayer titles. Fantastic. So what unlike a, PlayStation a... Plus, which gives you different tiers, the basic feature of PlayStation Plus, which is online games, is available in all three tiers, and you don't need to subscribe to a previous tier. It'd be like if you got PlayStation Plus Extra, but you also had to have PlayStation Plus Core just to play your multiplayer games. It's stupid. I'm sorry. Yeah. Run over. Oh, you're fine. I rant all the time, Ben. You and me go on and on. <laughs> Why shouldn't you? Also, uh... Fantasy 14 launches next week on Xbox. Um, and if you already own a copy of Fantasy 14 and you already play Final Fantasy 14, um, just a heads up, do not play the Xbox version of Final Fantasy 14 next week. If you already own Final Fantasy 14, and you want to step into the Xbox version, do not play Xbox on Final Fantasy fourteen because it will mess up your account. It will screw your account over. So just a heads up about this. Do not do this. Um, they Even Square have made the, the statement on their website that it will mess up your account if you try this um, because the beta is, uh, only gives you the free trial, uh, which means that if you try to sign up for the beta on the account where you already own the game, it will cause errors and might corrupt your account. So make sure you do not sign up to the beta with your current Final Fantasy XIV subscription. If you do want to try out Xbox, uh, you're going to have to make a new Square Enix account and make a completely separate, separate Microsoft account. Um, because if you use the current one, it will link that current one to, your, to whatever the Square Enix account is and you can't unlink it. So make sure you make a new Microsoft account and new Square Enix account and then you'll be able to try Fantasy fourteen beta. Um, but I would recommend just if you already own the game and playing it on either PlayStation or PC or both, or on Mac, um, to continue playing it on there. And if you do want it on Xbox, make sure that you wait until the full release is out, whenever that is. We do not have a date yet. And also remember, unlike PlayStation, you do need to pay Xbox to play Fantasy fourteen. Yes, you do need Game Pass. Um, to play Fantasy fourteen, so unlike PlayStation, where it's free to play, kind of like you still have to buy the game and you still have to pay the subscription to Final Fantasy fourteen, uh, but you do not need PlayStation Plus. Uh, with Xbox, you do need Xbox Live, uh, Xbox Game Pass to play Fantasy fourteen. So you need two subs on Xbox to play Fantasy fourteen instead of one. There we go. Rants over. Yeah, that sounds very complicated. I congratulate Phil Spencer on slowing and destroying the progress of Final Fantasy XIV by bringing <laughs> it to Xbox. Well, that's literally what you told me. This is going to corrupt because this is going to happen, Ben. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing easily over a million people are going to have their accounts corrupted because they're going to try to play on Xbox. Easily. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and they're going to blame Square Enix for this. As they should, in my opinion, because Square Enix is bringing this game over to Xbox knowing that nobody's going to play it on Xbox. They're just doing it for the money. Um, so sad. Like, like the fact that, that no, for the longest time, how hard it is to get it 
to uh, to Xbox, and now before it's even out officially on Xbox, there's already these insane problems happening for a fucking beta. But by the way, <laughs> if you look at the patch notes for this current patch, because six point six seven, I think dropped six no six point five seven. Sorry. Uh, and all the patch notes, uh, there is an error with the Xbox version. There is an error with the Xbox version. There's like 15 different errors, and it's all the Xbox version that's not even out yet. Stupid. <laughs> Absolutely stupid. No wonder they didn't. Like, Microsoft can say all, all they want. Oh, we want everybody to play everywhere. It's all a fucking lie. Clearly, they have more restrictions well, on their system than anybody in the fucking world like, does. We want... <laughs> Hell Divers 2 on Xbox because it's doing so well on PlayStation and PC. Well, guess what? Other people want your games on PlayStation 2. So, you know, yeah. it swings and roundabouts, Microsoft. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, um, just quickly going back to, to this podcast. Uh, it was already, in my opinion, um, a farce, in my opinion, because they, they released the podcast and literally the moment they hit the live button on, on YouTube for this podcast. They hit the live button on an interview that Phil Spencer did with Tom Warren of The Verge, um, where he literally contradicts everything he says on the podcast. <laughs> oh, by the way, can I tell you about that podcast that frustrated me? Like, yes, it's, please. Okay, for us, it's fine because we're a small podcast. Like, we're, we're tiny. But... They should have launched that as a premiere video, not as a standard video. Like, yes, I understand it wasn't live because um, it was pre-recorded. But if you set it as a premiere, it would have acted like a live video. So people would have been able to chat and things would have broken over, up over time. And, you know, it would have been an experience that people could watch uh, together. Um, so you can have people react and people can write you know, comments in the chat and so forth. People like live shows for a reason because it gives them a way to digest information. They released it as a straight out video, which meant that anyone could just skip ahead to the information they mm -hmm. wanted, which is good and bad. Like it's good yeah. for people that just want to skip ahead, but it's also bad if you just want to sit back and, you know, it's a, it was a big deal. People thought it was a big deal. I don't think it was a big deal at all because they talked about it as if this is a new strategy for Xbox. This isn't a new strategy. This has been the strategy for the last maybe five, six years. Nothing's changed. Microsoft has been releasing games on multi-platform for a while now. Minecraft, Minecraft Legends, which was the newest title that they released. That went multi-platform as well. Ori and the Blind Forest released on um, Nintendo Switch. Cuphead, which released on PlayStation and, and the Switch. This isn't a new strategy. They've been doing, nothing has changed. The only thing that's changed is maybe the frequency of those games now coming. Um, hiding the idea that this is a new strategy is just another way of Microsoft pretending like they're okay. <laughs> they're not okay. I, I, I sent you in the, in the Discord, Ben, a message where the ship is sinking and they're plugging holes with tampons to keep it from going down. And eventually... It's going to go down. Um, nothing has changed here. Um, the only thing I would say that's changed is the information came out sooner than they wanted it to. Um, I do firmly believe that they had a, a big press conference or something planned for March um, where they were going to announce this 
move to essentially multi-platform. Like they'll still oh, have. Yeah, I, I, I told everyone that it was going to, like, I was impressed at what information we got because it was always going to be, well, it wasn't going to be March, but from what I knew, it was supposedly going to be end of February. Like, it was going to be the end of this month. Mm. Like, okay, uh, you could call that March, like, because it would probably been, like, either, like, the 1st of March or the 29th of February. I feel like they were going to try and overshadow a certain game. They wouldn't have, <laughs> but they were going to try to. Hmm? Which game is that exactly? <laughs> I know well, what game. I know. Ben. Okay, I, know. I was going to say, Gary, come on. I know. This would, be the, this would have to be the last episode. It's a third party game. It's not even a first party game. Why you trying to overshadow it? I, I was going to say, if you not, if you weren't joking, <laughs> this might have been the last podcast you're on. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I think there was a plan, and that plan went ahead. So instead of releasing a press statement, they had to get the wording right. They had to get what they needed to say without pissing a lot of people off. Uh, that's why it took them a week. Like We know you guys are talking. We'll announce something next week. It gave them time to slow down the story of information spreading online and it gave them time to really come up with what they wanted to say. Um, now, if their original plan to, in my opinion, go multi-platform uh, for the majority of their games, I'm not going to say every single game was going to come out uh, on all consoles, but I think the majority of them was going to. Um, if their plan after they saw the sad backlash that they got from hardcore Xbox fans of, in my opinion, the 1% of Xbox fans on Twitter. Um, if, if they took that as millions of people are upset, then they literally sank their ship. Like they, they, they blew a hole in the, in, in the ship themselves. Um, if, if they course corrected and said, you know what, we're not going to go through with this plan, um, which I think is a mistake. Microsoft spent, what is it now, almost $80 billion between Bethesda and Activision Blizzard in three years. People may not think that that's a lot of money. Even Microsoft, in, in, in the case of Microsoft being a $3 billion company, they might not think that's a lot of money. And to them, it might not be a lot of money, but it's still money. And they need to recoup that money. And right now, putting all that stuff on Xbox, Starfield, I think, was the test. I think Starfield was their biggest test. If, if people bought Xbox Series Xs and Ss, and if Game Pass subscriptions would have skyrocketed because of Starfield, then we wouldn't have probably be having this conversation. But Starfield did absolutely nothing for Xbox. Absolutely nothing. Um, and I think that show like that was the biggest game. This is Bethesda. This is Bethesda's game. It's a new IP, something they haven't done in twenty five fucking years, you know. And it did nothing. Um, maybe if it was a Fallout, maybe if it was an Elder Scrolls game, things might have been different. But obviously, when it comes to a new IP, there's always that challenge. Like, is it going to be successful? Is it not? But this is Bethesda. It's almost supposed to be a guaranteed success. <laughs> when it when Bethesda has their name behind it. 
and it wasn't. Um, so in my opinion, you know, they did the podcast, they released this interview right at the same time where Phil Spencer's over here on the podcast saying Starfield and Indiana Jones are not going multi-platform. And then literally in the interview, he says, nothing is off the table. <laughs> we never say never, which is essentially a confirmation, <laughs> right? Like, what the hell is that? Why won't you just say the same thing you said on the podcast? Um, the, the Diablo 4 coming to Game Pass, uh, I think, was a win that they needed. Uh, I think that deal was rushed to get it on Game Pass. Um, March, the, the end of I March. I mean, they so, also er, screwed that up it, as well, by the way. They, they screwed that now. Oh, I know up. they did. You know that, right? <laughs> oh, I know uh, they because did. Because <laughs> Sarah said that it would be on... All 34 million people will access Diablo when it launches. And then they had to backtrack because it's not 34 million people that will have access to game, uh, to Diablo 4 due to the fact of Game Pass Core existing. Um, yep, they're not getting it. Only Ultimate people. <laughs> well, no, Standard and Ultimate. Oh, Standard is also getting it? Okay. Yeah, Standard will... Stand, remember, as I was, say, I was saying, you get Game Pass Core, which yeah, only gets a limited oh, amount God. of games. You get Game Pass, which will get all the games, which will include Diablo 4. Uh, Game Pass PC, which we'll probably get as well because that's just Game Pass, but for PC. And then you have Game Pass Ultimate, um, which has both Game Pass, Game Pass Core, and Game Pass PC, and XCloud. I think Ultimate is only XCloud is only linked to Ultimate. I think I I don't know that for certain. I could be wrong about that because there are too many goddamn things. <laughs> <laughs> but I I also believe that announcement was rushed. I don't think that was a planned announcement. They had to give themselves a win. Um, and this was the one, like, why not? Like, like you got to look at it. Like, they bought Activision Blizzard, right? So people had this insane expectation right away that all the games are going to start appearing very quickly. And none of them have. Only Diablo 4, the, 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 the newest release from Blizzard, is going to be on Game Pass. And I understand Call of Duty is not going to be on Game Pass for a while because of deals and stuff in place with Sony. Well, it's confusing but, because uh, they were also told that Game Pass, uh, Activision games will hit in Game Pass in January. Yeah. Now, I don't know what about happened? you, <laughs> uh, but last I heard, January was last month. Mm -hmm. I know because it was my birthday. I, was, I turned 37. <laughs> and I went to Wendy's. Well, that's the thing, hey, right, Wendy's. Ben? Taking Call of Duty off the table, right? Um, where's everything else? Like, they should have flooded Game Pass with games. They they could have put Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Remastered on there. Where is Crash Bandicoot on there? Where is the Overwatch 2, Overwatch 1? Um, all these games that they have under their belt, why haven't we seen any of them? Why is Diablo 4? Where is Diablo 3? Where is Diablo 2 Resurrected? Um... What the hell is going on? <laughs> uh, Diablo 4 was a rush job. I don't know what kind of deals they had to make to get this to happen. With their own company, apparently. Um, but something's going wrong. And I don't know. It's just Everything is just so backwards and contradictory from what they're saying uh, from one source to another. Um, I, I don't know what to believe anymore. Uh, when, when it comes to the, the three of those people talking on that podcast, but also, uh, quite honestly, if anybody believes, about, sorry, no, I was gonna say, if anybody believes Phil Spencer, they need to stop. Because... Oh, no, you should no, 
That's a lie. You should believe Phil Spencer. He doesn't. <laughs> no, no. That's the thing, Gary. He doesn't really lie. He doesn't really lie. <laughs> I don't know, no. Ben. A, a few years ago, he specifically said, "No, Xbox first-party games are never coming to PC." But and what happened? Like, what I'm saying, like, he never really lies, but he never really tells the truth. <laughs> like, you should always look at his words and see what double meanings they could mean. A lot of the stuff he says means two different things. And he is good with stuff like that. He's good at telling you one thing that means something completely different. I guess so. Like, yeah, of course, he probably lies occasionally. I'm not saying he doesn't lie ever. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> you don't... Very you know, don't careful just think a... with words, which yeah, is just... what I said yeah. <laughs> already. Like, they need in a week to come up with the right terminology and the perfect words to use to pretty much confirm the news that's spreading, but to not piss people off <laughs> as they confirm these. Also, for the person <laughs> I know that thinks that WoW is going to go to Game Pass... <laughs> no. No, it's not. No, no, You might get some of the old expansions, but don't expect the sub to ever go to Game Pass because that's a huge revenue loss. Yeah, Nobody's going to eat that revenue and, loss. And you know it's got to be pouring salt in the wounds of Microsoft right now. That You mentioned Helldivers, Ben. That Helldivers 2, a game... Well, well, let me just say this real quick. Helldivers 2, a game that had no press going into it, no previews for it no marketing budget behind it um and it just releases hell divers 2 is coming out it comes out and it's become such an insane success through essentially word of mouth right that, that's really where the success is coming from word of mouth um, it's such a good is... game that showing video footage of the game is the greatest advert people yeah come they, still they said under, it, like, uh, word of mouth is the best advertisement you can yeah. have for Com any product, co companies <laughs> underestimate the power of streaming and social media. Still, like they spend all yeah. that money on social on, on on advertisement budgets. When in reality, if they get people coming together and join their game, they show off some of the gr the best features. Even if the best features are buggy, as long as the buggies bugs are fun and look cool, that also sells the product. So yeah, but but here's a game with nothing behind it releasing even the developers expecting it to not really be obviously as successful as it is but it's now overtaken the two biggest games that microsoft has on on steam at least with concurrent players of starfield and halo infinite um a small indie game that's outdone the two biggest well at least the biggest franchise that microsoft has in halo and Starfield from one of the biggest developers slash publishers that they own. That's got to be pouring a lot of salt on the wounds, <laughs> wounds of them. You know, uh, it's crazy. But yeah, uh, I don't know. It, it's it, I felt so. Def I don't want to say deflated. I just sat here with a look of disbelief when I was watching that podcast, where they took twenty two minutes telling us everything we already knew. And they could have just released a play statement that day that all this shit started spiraling out of control for them with the leaks. They could have called it right there and just released the press statement. 
we're going to be releasing four games, and we have nothing else to announce besides that. That's it. That's all they had. They could have mm-hmm. done it in a tweet. And mm-hmm. it would have followed mm-hmm. all of that. But no, they let it fester. They let it get so wild and insane where things that people probably didn't know were true, like like leakers probably knew, knew the news about Starfield potentially coming to place in Indiana Jones. Um, if, you know, that is still going to be the case, which I believe it is, like, a lot of these leakers probably knew this. They just didn't want to say that it was happening. But then things started to get so out of control that they kind of just went with it and be like, yeah, it's happening. But then now they're being looked at as liars and, you know, bullshitters because Microsoft says it's not happening. Or it probably is. (laughs) So they let it get out of control. They really did, which they shouldn't have done. They should have called it immediately or they should have literally just said, we do not comment on rumors like Sony does all the time. <laughs> and people seem to be okay with that. <laughs> Even Nintendo says that we do not comment on rumors and speculation. And nobody questions it. Microsoft doesn't say anything. They said, we'll address it next week. You let it get out of control. So I guess we'll see what happens. I think some of them were bullshit. I think some of them spread with misinformation of hope that people like, like I, I don't think Hellblade is going to be a game that's going to come to PlayStation. I actually don't believe it will. Um, but like almost every game in development for Microsoft is like, oh, it's coming to PlayStation. I don't think so. Not every game. I but, don't agree with you. I have all the games that are rumored. I believe Hellblade will come. You think so? Okay. It's not going to sell on Xbox. It's going to do well in Game Pass, maybe. But I, I believe it will come to PlayStation. Now, do I believe it will be right away? No. Absolutely not. I think it's At least be, a year. Uh, a year, maybe yeah, two. I, a year. I, mm-hmm. A year and a half. It will be announced in a year after release, and then it will take a couple of months until it actually comes out. Yeah. I think that's going to be the, the standard for all the games now. Um, Starfield, Indiana Jones, it will be a year, at least. But uh, I'm pretty sure they all will. It's just what it is now. Like, they're not making growth. I think Xbox promised growth in Game Pass, a high growth, and they haven't even come close to reaching it after all this time. Like, the only growth they got was merging Xbox Live Gold with Game Pass. That, that's literally their growth. Um, oh, no, and I said a couple million probably as well. They got, they, got, they got a little bit of growth. I'm not saying a lot of growth, but they got a little bit. Yeah. But it's still almost 20 million away from PlayStation Plus. That's the crazy shit, right? (laughs) People talk shit on PlayStation Plus left and right, but yet it still has 20 million more subscribers in Game Pass, which is available on Xbox and PC. And TVs. Samsung TVs, yes. (laughs) Because let's face it, I'm just going to say it right now. People may not want to hear this, um, but this is a fact. People want big AAA games on a Game Pass. That's what they want. That's what they want on PlayStation Plus. They can release 100 indie games and nobody's going to subscribe to Game Pass until it gets that one major game. That, that's, that's what it is, unfortunately. I, I hate to say that. I'll say that across all platforms. Like, if Nintendo had a Game Pass-type model, Nobody will freaking subscribe to it unless, oh shit, Mario is going to be put on Game Pass. Then they'll subscribe because they want to just play the one Mario game. 
we, we want to believe that we've gotten past the idea of AAA matters more than indie, but 99% of people, uh, casual players at least, they care about the hardcore games. That's what they want. They want the big name games. They don't want the indie games. And if your service is only providing the indie games, nobody's going to subscribe to it. If you want to believe me on that or not, that's your guys' choice, but that's what I personally believe. Okay. So, as we start wrapping the podcast up, um, Gary, have you got, uh, um, does anyone else want to bring anything up before we go on? I don't even know what news came out. <laughs> I, I was mean, just so Helldivers 2 being the greatest game of all time, and you should all buy it. Helldivers 2 is because... a fucking blast, man. But don't I, play it because I, the servers keep in capacity and I want to play it. Yeah, they, so they increased the servers yesterday to 450,000. And I'm and over here looking already. at Steam. Yeah, Steam is going like 330,000. So you're telling me like literally like 80% of players are on Steam? Like, is that what's happening? <laughs> no, it's also number one on PlayStation in US and Canada. I know, but like, if Steam yeah. has that many concurrent people, like, is that yeah. counting PlayStation players too, or is it just yeah. PC players, right? Five hundred. That that's includes PC. That, no, that's just Steam's just PC. Yeah. So there's more people playing on PC than PlayStation, according to how many people can be on the server. Four hundred fifty thousand, like they just announced. Yeah. And Steam essentially having three hundred thirty thousand. Last I saw. Yeah. <laughs> so more like people are playing on PC 000. than. Yeah, more people playing on PC than than PlayStation right now. Like crazy. Yeah, uh, three hundred eighty-eight thousand <laughs> is now current currently on Steam DB three hundred eighty-eight thousand. Yeah, and like I said, probably not a good idea to announce a fifty percent multiplier for XP over the weekend when you can't even fucking yeah. play. It. <laughs> when you know okay, it's going to drive more people to come in. Three hundred ninety k is the server limit. <laughs> Right, 390k uh, is the server limit. 388,000 players on PC, so it means that <laughs> they're, they're way over the server limit when you include PlayStation. Yeah. So, uh, from what I heard, they were getting over 20,000 logins per minute. Crazy. So, good on them. Uh, good job, Hell Divers. And hopefully, I'll join up with Gary sometime, and maybe Alfonso will buy it. Yeah, we maybe we'll get into together. a game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll be able to sign in. Yeah. <laughs> I did have issues last night. I, signed it. I, I loaded it up and took about two minutes, two or five, five, about five minutes. No, it took me combined yesterday. I waited like 34 minutes and then I decided to go eat. And I came back and I waited another like 45 minutes before I finally got in. <laughs> yeah, because a friend was telling me they couldn't log in. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll give it a try. Like, because I'd, yeah, I'd been out yesterday with the other stuff. Uh, what time was it? Uh, nine o'clock, about half nine yesterday, my time. And I got. I, it took me about ten minutes, but I got in. So maybe, I, maybe I got lucky. Uh, so Metacritic game. I, I don't have your numbers, Alfonso, but I do have them down for the what for the scores this week. But if you want to give them a number, um, we'll see who wins. What were the games again? Uh, um, okay, Tomb Raider one to three remastered. I'm going eighty four. Okay, so that that hasn't changed. Skull and Bones. Sixty-seven. <laughs> uh, 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 that well, that changes. Maybe. Banishes Ghost of New Eden. 
72. Okay. Okay. Why didn't I? Oh, yeah, because I don't normally. Oh, yeah, never mind. Uh, we did five stars. Yeah, we did five stars, right, last time. Yeah. Yeah. Because I put. Yeah. Yeah, because I put sad face and then I didn't give myself any points because I refused to get the points, even if I did get win the points. <laughs> so, okay. So, Helldivers 2. We've got scores for that now. Gary, you gave it 80. Alfonso, you gave it 85. I gave it 83. And I get double points because it is 83. Oh, snap. 80. So I, I've got I've got two points now. I'm on the board. Uh, Tomb Raider 1-3 Remastered. Gary, you gave it 80. Alfonso, you gave it 84. I gave it 75. Wait there, one second. No. Right. Maths is hard. I did this wrong. There we go. Yeah, maths is hard. Gary, you get a point. Yay. Because I, 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 for for some reason, seventy five was closer to eight, seventy eight than eighty, even though eighty is closer. So congratulations, you get a point, Gary. For Tomb Raider. Yeah, for Tomb Raider, because I... I gave it seventy five. Uh, Skull and Bones, Gary, you gave it sixty nine. Alfonso, you got gave it sixty seven, and I gave it seventy seven. And Alf, uh, Gary would have won that point because it got seventy four. But Alfonso snuck in with 67, so he gets the point. You bitch. (laughs) 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 You took the nice score from me. I took the Uh, nice score. For a game that you're never going to play. I'm pretty sure you're not playing this game. (laughs) If you want to go check out Playthrough, remember go check out Moogle Garden Run Radio, uh, where we did a playthrough of... um, skull and bones on our twitch channel last week slash at um this is an advertisement because the code was given to us by ubisoft so go check out our gameplay and a big shout out to ubisoft for giving us a code over on muggle go around radio um okay the banishers goes to new eden gary 74 alfonso 72 me 90 I guess I was a bit overestimating this because it got 78. So congratulations, Gary, to another point. About time. Look, about, <laughs> about time. You, you, okay. So, okay about kidding. time, says the man at eight points. Alfonso's <laughs> at three and I'm at two. Technically three, but I refuse to take foam stars. God damn it, man. <laughs> ah. So, we've got a couple of games coming out that I know everyone's excited for, um, including a a retelling of a video game that everyone is hyped for this month. I know everyone here is incredibly hyped for this retelling of a game. I I, I know that we're all going to buy it day one, and it's the game that everyone's been waiting for for years, and it's a game that's just peak gameplay. You you ready for the game of the month? The, the 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 retelling of the month, Gary. Yeah, Alfonso. Yeah. So, who, what do you think Star Wars Dark Forces Remaster is going to get? Ah, <laughs> uh, Gary. Me? Oh man, I love that game on the PS One. I am going to go with eighty-two. Okay, Alfonso. I'm going to go with eighty. And I'm going to go. I don't know anything about this game, so I'm going to go with seventy-five. 
I wrote 74. You know, I'm going to keep that. Okay. I was joking. Like, uh, I know some people are probably excited for that remaster, but there is another RPG out this month that I know everyone is excited for. It has cards. It has ladies. It has all different things. It has everything that everyone is really excited for. Everyone excited for this RPG this month? You're all excited, Gary? Alfonso, are you excited for the new RPG that's coming out? Is it really new? I'm sorry. <laughs> Yo- Johan the Parhai and Numazu in the Mirage. I know it's the what RPG. What did you just say, dude? <laughs> Yo- <laughs> Johan the Parhalian Numazu in the Mirage. I know it's the RPG everyone's been waiting for this month. It has magic girls, it has cards. Uh, I should slap you right now. Oh, this actually looks fun. Is that a pig woman? Holy shit. <laughs> so, yeah, I know, I know everyone's really excited for this game that comes out on, in February. It's an RPG, right? It is. It's a turn-based RPG uh, using yeah. cards. It's a card, card-based See, to- combat. Yeah. This actually looks fun. So, Gary. 100, man. I okay. can't. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> oh, you're kidding. I wrote it down. Okay, no, what do you want no, to do? No, no, 62. <laughs> okay. I know people hate good things. Alfonso? Uh, 65. Okay. You know what? I'm actually, I, I, I'm going to go with a 79. I actually think it looks quite good. Um, And... I guess Final Fantasy VII Rebirth because I don't know when those reviews come out but I'm just going to put it here just so we get it done. <laughs> Gary. Oh boy. This should be fun. Um, I'm going to go with 90. Alfonso. I'm going with 88. I'm going to go with 85. Yo, yeah. haters, man. Why are you hating, man? Because I know reviewers. <laughs> Personally, it'll be like a 90, 90 to 100. If I'm going to go off... What personal, did Remake get? Let's see what Remake got. I think Remake like 83. Really? Uh, remake 87. Huh. Yeah. None of them have ever broke 90s. Either no remake Final Fantasy has ever broken 90? I don't know if any Final Fantasy has been broken a 90, but I just know that um, Remake... Uh, Endwalker has, sorry. Final Fantasy 14 has. Uh, but we're talking about games that had server issues... Pharmacy 14 Ed Walker had so many people logging into the game that they had to stop selling the game because they couldn't keep up with the people that are buying the game. So they had to physically stop selling the digital the game, digital, digitally game, just so they could keep up with the servers. Oh yeah, plenty of Final Fantasies have cracked 90. Final Fantasy 8 got a 90, Final Fantasy 10 got a 92, 12 got a 92, 9 got a 94. Yeah, 9 got a 94, yeah. But it's the most modern pharmacy that's got over a 90, though, was Endwalker. Shadowbringers were 90. I don't think this will, though, because of reasons. This we'll see. Okay. So, Gary, shout-outs and how can they find you? Shout-out to you guys. Thanks for having me on. Shout-out to Mike. Thanks for coming on. It's been a while. It's good to hear from you. Uh, shout-out to all the listeners. Thank you for listening. Um... You can reach me on Twitter at Gaglaush. That's G-A-G-L-A-U-S-H. Okay. Alfonso, shout out. And where can they find you? Shout out to you, Ben. Shout out to you, Gary. Shout out to Mike for coming back. 
Um, it's good to be back. Uh, shout out to all the listeners. Follow me on Twitter at alishan 7 Okay. And I would like to shout out to everyone that listens. Thank you all. Uh, just heads up, next week will probably be the last podcast for a little bit because we're probably all going to take a break for a rebirth the week after. I, I, I feel like that's going to happen. I'm sorry. Because we're <laughs> if, if we don't take a break from rebirth, we're all going to be sat here doing playing rebirth while talking. But we'll discuss this after the show, probably. Um, so shout out to everyone that listens. Thank you all. Um, have a good evening, uh, good night. And uh, remember, you can find me, MG underscore Chili, on Twitter. Um, again, big shout out to Ubisoft for allowing us to play Skull and Bones on the Twitch channel. Uh, Paul is having a lot of fun with that. Um, so, yeah, shout out to everyone. Um, see you all when Rebirth comes out, probably. Bye-bye. We're, we're excited for Rebirth. I can't wait. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Goodbye.